friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and it's my privilege to share with you today as we're going to continue this series. We began last week where we're talking about what my protector means to me. And in just a few moments, I'm going to share with you a teaching about what his compassion and his guidance mean to me. Uh, and it's going to be a great day. Hey, before we do anything, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will help you and encourage you no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Uh, and I want to pray that God will bless you as we dive into this teaching today. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we just come to you right now and, and God, we pray that you will speak to us that you will encourage us, that you will help us to understand you as our good shepherd, and understand that you are our protector, and that you have this incredible compassion and this incredible desire to guide us. Uh, God, we know that, that you are worth following, that you are wiser, that you are more full of love and care than anyone else that we might follow. And so, God, we pray that you will help us to understand, help us to know how to, well, how to trust in your compassion and trust in your guidance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Uh, well, let's dive into our teaching today. We're going to be talking about what his compassion and what his guidance mean uh, for me. And we're going to be talking a lot about shepherding today. I recently came across a story about a, a man who brought his daughter to a, a class on a Sunday morning to a, ch a children's worship time. And the the young pastor, the young youth pastor that was teaching this class was talking about shepherding and sheep. And he talked about how sheep don't always know what they need to know to go where they need to go. And in talking about the sheep, he talked about how sheep need a shepherd to lead them. And he wanted these kids to start thinking about who their shepherd was. And so he said, if, if we are are the sheep if you as as children are the sheep and then he held out his hands and he sort of was was trying to get them to think a little bit about who their shepherd was he said who then is the shepherd and he held out his hands in such a way that that it was obvious he was trying to lead them to saying you pastor you're our shepherd and, and, and nobody could think of what he was uh, they, they couldn't come up with an answer to who he was and one of the kids raised his hand and said well i think jesus is is our shepherd and the pastor kind of uh, well he was kind of taken aback and he, he was trying to figure out how to get them to, to talk about who he was. And he said, well, if, if Jesus is the shepherd, then who am I? And one of the kids got to thinking, scratching his head, and piped up, well, uh, you must be a sheepdog. <laughs> well, 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 sheepdog or not, we know that Jesus is the only 
good shepherd, that Jesus is the only great shepherd, that Jesus is the only shepherd worth following. And as a church, as people who are looking to follow Jesus, we come to a place where we need to trust that he is the best shepherd we could ever follow. In the Psalms, David will talk about how God is a shepherd in Psalm 23. And one of the things that David will say about the shepherd is this. In Psalm 23, verse 4, he will say, Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. And this whole series, we're sort of building off the shepherd's rod and the shepherd's staff. Uh, David describes this shepherd as having two important tools. Uh, both of these are tools that a shepherd would use. The rod, it looked sort of like a, a club of sorts. Uh, it was about that long and it had a had a club end and, and had sort of a stick end that could be used in different ways and the rod was a tool of protection. The rod was a tool that the, the shepherd would use to fight off any wolves or, or anything that would come and threaten the sheep. The rod uh, was a tool of protection. And the staff, the staff, you know, that shepherd's crook. You've probably seen one before. It's that long staff with a hook at the end. And that staff was used to direct the sheep and lead the sheep, sometimes to, 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 to bring the sheep out of trouble. And and, and these two things would become a symbol, these two tools, they would become a symbol for the job of a shepherd. In the ancient days, they would use the rod and the staff as symbols that even kings would, would use. We, we see kings depicted holding rods and staves. You can, find, you can find really easy, if you Google it, a picture of King Tut's tomb. And, and King Tut is depicted as holding a rod and a staff. And the message of that symbolism was this. The message was, I rule and protect my people with my rod, and I lead and guide them and show compassion to them with my staff. And when God describes himself as a shepherd holding a rod and a staff, that's sort of the message that we're supposed to walk away with. We're supposed to walk away with the idea that Jesus leads us with a rod of protection and a staff to guide us and lead us. And throughout the Bible, God will be called a good shepherd. Throughout the Bible, Jesus would be called a great shepherd, the shepherd of God's people. He will be called the good shepherd who cares for the flock, and he wants us to know that he is the only good shepherd from God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it says this, Our Lord Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Now, throughout the Bible, there's another uh, symbol 
It's a symbol of a sheep, and the sheep would become a symbol for God's people. Like a shepherd cares for and protects and leads his sheep, so God wants to care for, protect, and lead you. The Bible will describe the church as his flock. The Bible will describe how we are the sheep of his pasture. Not not in a not in a bad way, not in a insulting way, but in a way that says, "Hey, God cares for His people." In John chapter ten, it will be a chapter all about how Jesus is a shepherd. Throughout that chapter, we'll be told that Jesus is the gatekeeper and the gate. For the sheep pen, Uh, he calls his sheep and they hear his voice. Jesus gathers his flock together and they follow him. and, And Jesus saves his sheep. He leads his sheep to good pastures. He keeps them and protects them from the wolves that want to enter into the sheep pen. And chapter 10 of John is all about Jesus' ministry as a shepherd and the way that he cares for his sheep is described here. In John chapter 10, verse 10 to 11, it says this, my purpose is to give them, to give my sheep, a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. And as the good shepherd, he carries a rod and a staff. And there's this image of protecting and caring there. And one of the things that his rod and staff tell us is that he has incredible care for you and that he has incredible compassion for you as one of his sheep. And the, and the, 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 the rod will remind us that he wants to protect his sheep and that he wants to, uh, to guide his sheep and that he wants to care for his sheep. In his compassion, God wants to guide you. In his compassion, God wants to come to you and, and he wants to lead you to his best. And as a pastor, as a sheepdog of sorts, I want God's best for you. And God wants his best for you as your true shepherd. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about four things that it means for us to know God's compassionate guidance. Four things that it means to us to know that this shepherd goes out in front of us with a rod and a staff. And so let me begin. Number one, here's something it means for us. Because he guides me with compassion, I can trust him with my hurts. Because he guides me with compassion... I can trust him with my hurts. Jesus carries a rod and a staff to show that he cares for his sheep. He cares about his sheep. He loves his sheep. He will walk with his sheep through times that are tough and through places where the sheep deal with hurts. When David mentions his rod and staff and the comfort that it gives... 
It's in the context of a verse where he says that God leads us through a valley of shadows, that he leads us through. Some some versions will say a, a valley of the shadow of death. And the picture that David's trying to paint there is this shepherd leading his sheep through a shadowy, through a dark valley of, of life. This psalm's often used in funerals because of that phrase right there. But, but make no mistake, this psalm, it's not about death. It's about living and going through life following this shepherd. And here where he talks about this valley of shadows, it's a reminder that even in dark places, sometimes they can be very dark places. We need to remember that he's still there, walking ahead of us with a rod and a staff. He's still our good shepherd who cares for us. And, and it's a reminder that, that in those times, we need to trust him with our hurts. What makes up a place like a valley of shadows? Well, it, it's trouble. It's hard times. It's, it's hurts. Maybe you're here this morning and, well, you've been in a dark valley before. Most likely, if you're like me, you have. Maybe you were in a place where things were confusing, where things were uncertain, a place where you were hurting, whether it was a financial hurt, a medical hurt, a relationship hurt. And even in that place, what he's saying is you can know that the shepherd has a rod and staff and goes before you. And maybe you've been in a place where you carried a hurt like that for too long. You stayed in a dark valley way too long. Uh, you let that hurt make you feel hollow inside and, and, and empty. Uh, even, even after you came out of the trouble that started the hurt, uh, well, you stayed in that valley emotionally. You stayed in your hurt. You, you let your hurt fester. And, uh, and maybe it even went to the point where you felt numb, you felt empty. You let that hurt fester, maybe it turned into bitterness or unforgiveness and you held on to a grudge. I, I don't know what dark valley of life you've been in, but I do know this. I, I know what that dark valley's like because I've been there before and I've even stayed too long in a dark valley. And sometimes we can carry our hurts ourselves and we can carry them way too long. And Jesus, our protector, reminds us that he wants us to give him our hurts, that, that as our shepherd, he wants to take those hurts. And he says, follow me and I'll lead you along a road that, that goes through the valley and out the other side. My staff will uh, guide you. My rod will protect you. And I care for you. I care about your hurts. Maybe you're carrying a hurt right now. You're carrying a burden right now. Maybe it's time to just give it to Jesus because he's your protector. Let his rod and his staff comfort you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the way that the apostle Peter will say it is this, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God, I, I give you this hurt. What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? What is it that, 
that you care about and and that you're you're carrying that you haven't given to Jesus? What hurts are you carrying and what 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 are you allowing to keep you in a dark valley? Maybe today. Maybe today is the day that you say I, I trust you Jesus with my hurts and you give them to him. In Psalm 55:22 David will say this, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and to fall. And what that looks like is I come to God and in prayer and I just pray. I spend some time praying, God, I have this problem, this hurt, this emotional struggle. Or maybe, God, I have this problem, this this hurt, this worry, this care, this financial burden. God, I have this problem, this hurt, this pain, this, this bitterness, this unforgiveness relationally. God, I have need of direction and I'm I'm worried, I'm cared and concerned about my future. God, I, I give this to you and I need your help. God, I'm really hurting here. I'm tired. I'm depressed. I'm worried. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm ashamed. God, I'm guilty. And I just feel overwhelmed with the guilt. God, I'm closing up. And I'm withdrawing. And, and God, I need your help. God, I'm hurt. And I'm, I'm feeling betrayed. Someone's been unfaithful to me. Someone's been unkind to me. God, I'm giving you my hurt. Jesus, I'm trusting you with my hurt. Why can we trust him? Because our, he's our good shepherd who goes before us with a rod and with a staff. And that brings us to number two. Number two is this, because he guides me with compassion, I can trust him to show me compassion. When I bring him my hurts and I trust him with my hurts, he's going to respond to me with compassion. He's going to respond to your hurts with compassion. He won't scold you. He will help you. He won't put you down. He wants to lift you up. He won't condemn you. He wants to save you. He won't hurt you more. He wants to heal you. And he won't push you away. He wants to draw you near. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, we see Jesus' heart of compassion. I, I love this passage because it shows us how God's heart is so much bigger than our heart. In Matthew 9:36 it says this, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus looked at the crowd, he was moved with compassion. You know, sometimes we look at a crowd, we look at the faces in the crowd, and it's easy to not be moved by compassion. Maybe we look at a crowd and and we see people we know and and things we know about them, and we wonder why are they in that crowd. We might go to a church service and see people who've done things we don't 
think they should have done, people who have said things they shouldn't have said. And, and we wonder, why are they in that crowd? And when Jesus looked at this crowd, we have to realize what Jesus saw. Jesus saw their hurts. He saw their brokenness. The Bible tells us that Jesus doesn't need anyone to tell him about what's in a man because he actually knows what's in a man. He, he saw all their guilt, all their shame. He saw all their past. He saw all their sin. He saw all the things that, that condemned them. He saw their worries. He saw their cares. He, he saw their bad theological moments and beliefs. He saw their, their twisted lives. He saw everything. He saw their messy spiritual lives. And, and he saw their broken relationships. He saw all the things that... Well, frankly, if we could see everything about one another in this crowd, in a church crowd, we might, we might wonder, why are they in that crowd? But Jesus saw the crowd, and he really saw them, and he had compassion. Because they were hurting. They, they, were, they were without a shepherd. He could see what they really needed was a shepherd who cared, a shepherd with compassion. And the word compassion, it's a word here that means to feel a yearning deep down in your guts. Literally, it's a gut kind of word. That's where this feeling comes up from. It carries with it a lot of ideas that, that we might understand, ideas of sympathy, ideas of, of pity, ideas of mercy, maybe even empathy, but, but it's more than all of those. You know, when it comes to the idea of sympathy, the idea of sympathy is where where I see someone who's hurting, who has hurts, and, and I'm sorry that they're experiencing that. I might not be able to understand it, but I'm sorry they're going through it. You may have had a time where you felt sympathy for someone. You felt bad for their situation, even though you couldn't understand it. And in those moments, sympathy doesn't say, I understand what you're going through. Sympathy says, I, I might not understand what you're going through, but I'm sorry you're going through it. Empathy is a little deeper and a little, uh, a, a little more heartfelt. Empathy is where not only do I see what you're going through and 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 feel bad that you're going through it, but I understand what you're going through because I've gone through it before. Empathy is where I can feel the same pain you feel, where I connect myself and I and I experience your sorrow. If you've ever had a time where maybe someone lost a dog and, and you had lost a dog and you said to them, I know what you're going through because I've gone through that too. On a more serious level, a loss of a family member and you lost a family member, you, you can say, I, I know what you're going through and I feel your pain. Uh, people who go through certain struggles in life will be able to relate to each other and show empathy to each other and say, I, I feel your pain. And there's a time and a place to have empathy and there's a time and a place to have sympathy 
But here, the idea of compassion, it's both of those and more. By the way, when it comes to empathy, Jesus actually can say, I empathize with you. No matter what you're going through, he went through it too. He went through almost every human experience we could all go through. You might say, well, God doesn't understand me. No, he understands because he went through it too. He experienced it too. And he understands you. He can empathize with your situation. But more than that, he has compassion. And compassion goes even farther than sympathy or empathy. And that compassion says, I'm going to do everything in my power to help take away your pain. I'm going to do everything in my power to help you, to make things better for you. Compassion says, I'm not only going to feel your struggle and your hurts, but I'm going to do everything I can to take your hurts away. So much so, Jesus says, I'm going to, I'm going to have compassion on you. I'm going to do everything I can to take away your pain, even to the point of spreading out my hands on a cross, having nails driven into my wrists and, and into my ankles on a cross, taking on all the guilt and shame and sorrow and pain for your sin so that I could pay for your sin on a cross, so I could pay the penalty for your sin on a cross. That's compassion. Compassion is where God says, I'm going to do everything to help. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, we're told that that's why Jesus came. Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to show compassion, to serve us, to take away our hurts. Jesus came to show compassion and to give his life for us. And when it comes to God, his concern and his compassion for you are incredible. More than you can imagine. He came to serve you. He came to give his life for you. He came to earth for you to show you compassion. He died for you. He sacrificed for you. And everything that he did was for you. And so you can bring him your hurts. He won't scold you. He won't put you down. He won't scoff at you and your hurts. He wants to show you compassion. It's who he is. It's at the heart of who God is. Throughout the scriptures, we're told that compassion is the greatest attribute of God. That God is an incredible God of compassion. When, when God introduces himself to Moses, he introduces himself as a God of compassion. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, God introduces himself saying, I'm Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion. And Jesus showed incredible compassion throughout his ministry, throughout his earthly ministry. And Jesus continues to show compassion as he comes to you and me. And he says, I want to be your shepherd. I hold a rod and a staff and, and I want to guide you and lead you in compassion. So give me your hurts. Trust me with your hurts and trust that I will show you compassion. And when we realize that he's a God who 
guides and cares for our hurts and shows compassion like this. It brings us to number three. And number three is this, that because he guides me with compassion, I can trust him enough to follow him. I can trust him enough to to deal with life his way. I, I can trust that he's a shepherd with a rod and staff, especially in times where it's shadowy, especially in times where 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 life is tough, especially in times where I'm carrying hurts, through those seasons of life, I can follow him. I can trust him enough to follow him. I can trust him enough to let him be my guide. I can say I'm willing to follow Jesus Christ, my compassionate guide. Going through life with a guide is so much better than going through life just trying to figure things out on your own. You know, one of the things that I'm going to be doing in November is my wife and I are going to go on a trip. We've talked for years and years and years about doing something special for our anniversary. And so uh, as a gift, I saved up for uh, for our, 20, our, our 24th anniversary. I purchased the gift for our 25th anniversary is kind of a big gift so we kind of doubled it up a little bit and uh, what we what we're going to do is we're going to travel we've always wanted to go to France together so we're going to go on a on a trip to France and in trying to decide how to do this trip I had a lot of questions like where do I go and what do I do what do I make sure we see and so we just decided that we would do a trip that was guided and the guide will help us see more. The guide will make sure we we do more. The guide will lead us to to learn more about the city we're going to go to. And, and that's what a guide does. And God wants to be our guide. He wants to guide us. And there's so many things in our life that we will miss. So many opportunities, so many possibilities. There's so much that we miss if we go through life without a guide. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who will guide you to the best. And if we're just walking through this life without a guide, we'll miss all kinds of stuff. We're going to, we're going to miss, and we're not going to navigate the valleys of life and the shadowy places of life, or even the good places of life, in a way that we'll experience that we will experience God's best if we don't have Him guiding us. And so Jesus says, "Let me be my, let me be your guy." Jesus says follow me. I love those words, follow me. We see Jesus use those words over and over and over again in his earthly ministry. He was always inviting people, follow me, follow me, come follow me. He's a shepherd who goes out in front of the sheep and says, follow me. He said it to Philip, who would become one of his apostles. He said, follow me. He said it to Matthew, the tax collector. He said, follow me. He said it to Peter, James, and John. He came to them when they were fishing. He said, follow me. Uh, he, he said to others who had come to him and listened to him, he said, follow me. And Jesus always made this invitation, follow me. And throughout the scriptures, God will say to us, follow me, come follow me. And Jesus says those words even now to you and to me, follow me, follow me. Jesus is 
coming to you saying, I will be your shepherd. Follow me. I'll be your guide. Follow me. I'll, I'll take you to the best of this world. I'll, I'll take you to the best possible life you could ever live. I will bring you to a place where you experience more purpose, more fulfillment. I will help you through more trouble if you just follow me. If you follow me, I will lead you. And John 10 verse 4 says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Jesus goes ahead of the flock and he just says, follow me. And because I can trust him to lead me, number four is this, that he leads me and guides me with compassion so I can trust him to lead me and I can trust where he's leading me. I can trust that he will lead me to God's best for my life. He'll lead me out of the shadowy valleys. He'll lead me to the good times and, and he'll lead me through the bad. He'll lead me through the story of my life to the best possible story, the best possible version of what my life could be. One thing about a shepherd is that a shepherd always knows what's best for his sheep more than even the sheep do. And the shepherd always knows more about the sheep than even the sheep do. And as our shepherd, Jesus knows more about you than you do. Jesus knows about more about me than I do. He, he made us. He created us. He knows our purpose even when we don't know our purpose. He knows our future. He knows the possibilities even when we don't. He knows how to get you to his best even when we don't know the path or understand it. And when he leads and when he guides his rod and his staff can comfort us because we're following him and we know that he's taking us to his best and he guides me with this incredible compassion and because of that i can trust i can trust that he's not going to lead me the wrong way and so i should listen to him i can trust that he's not going to lead me down a bad path or down a broken path and so i I should just follow him. And his path, his path will always lead me to his best. And, and so, so I trust him and I do what he says, even when I don't want to. And when he leads me, when he guides me with his rod and staff, uh, he's leading me with this compassion. And, and so I can trust him to lead me on the right path. And I can trust that his way will always be the best way for my life. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, David says, He renews my strength and he guides me along right paths, bringing glory to his name. Jesus will never lead you the wrong way. In John 10, 4, it says he walks out ahead of us and, and he leads like a shepherd does from out in front. I came across a story about two people who were in a little European town watching uh, watching a man drive a herd of sheep down a narrow road and and one of them said I thought shepherds didn't drive sheep uh, 
uh, I thought shepherds would lead sheep, and I've never seen a shepherd drive sheep with a whip. Oh, they do. They they do uh, lead from out in front, remarked uh, the other fellow. But that's not a shepherd. That's the butcher. <laughs> but a good shepherd does lead the sheep from out in front. He's not going to push the sheep into doing things they don't want to do. He's not going to push the sheep and and make the sheep go places that are going to hurt them. He's not the butcher. God isn't interesting in pushing or, or driving you, but he leads from out in front. Next time you're tempted to go your own way instead of his way. Just picture Jesus out in front of you with his rod and staff saying, follow me and choose his way. A good shepherd leads his sheep. He walks ahead of his sheep. He, he models the way for the sheep. He, he mentors and teaches the sheep and says, come this way. And he leads by example. And a good shepherd will protect you. He'll protect your heart your mind, your soul. He'll compassionately guide you, knowing that you're hurting and having compassion for you. He'll guide you with his rod and staff. And when it comes to Jesus leading you, he will always lead you from out in front. As your shepherd, he's going to lead you saying, here's how I want you to do it. Look what I did. Here, here's where I want you to go. Look where I went. Look what I do. And, and do that. Walk the way I walk. And, and go where I went. And say and believe what I taught. I'll lead you from out in front. And when we follow his leading, we can trust that when he leads and deciding to follow will be what's best for us. And man, it can be so much better. Life will have less problems and struggles and heartaches and heartbreaks. And frankly, there will be less shadowy valleys if we follow him. Life will have more meaning and greater purpose when we follow him. Life will be more fulfilling when we follow him. And when we're tempted to not trust his way, well, and that's going to happen from time to time. We remember that only he is a good shepherd. We're not shepherds, we're sheep. He's the shepherd, and only he holds heaven's rod and staff. And we remember that he told us that he would lead us down the right path for our life. Do you trust him? Do you trust him to lead you? What's trusting him look like? Well, David describes that trust in Psalm 26. He says this, Your steadfast love is always before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. And what David is describing there is following this incredibly loving guide who's faithful and who calls us to walk in faithfulness with him. Jesus leads us with this love that he has, a, a love where his arms were spread open wide from a cross, and, and he shows us this love, and he says, follow me. He has this love and this compassion, and he shows the love of compassion of God. I came across an old story about a 
a young girl who grew up in the Scottish Highlands and was the daughter of a shepherd. And one of the things as a young girl she loved to do was go out onto to the moors and, and, and watch her father shepherd the sheep. And one of the things that she really loved hearing was the sound of her father's voice when he would call to the sheep as he led them. It just was like music to her ears. Well, as she grew up, she left home and and went went to the city, started living with people that weren't doing the right thing. So started find out found herself in just a a hard life, living a hard life, and became sort of lost to her family. Her father was really concerned about her. Her father went all over looking for her, went all, all went to all the places where people were doing things they shouldn't be doing, went 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 to places looking for her. Nobody seemed to know where she was. And eventually that father, wanting to give up, remembered that his daughter loved the sound of his voice as he called his sheep. And that father began going all through the city, calling his sheep. And wouldn't you know, eventually, the sound of his voice was the sound that got his daughter's attention. She heard that voice, she remembered the sound of that voice from when she was a little girl, and she came out of a place where she was living a hard life. Threw her arms around her father, her father threw his arms around her, and they were reunited. And there's this picture of, of a shepherd calling, calling his children with the sound of his voice. And Jesus said, my children know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And, and he's calling to us today saying, follow me. I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're in a place where God is calling you to follow him and it's time to give him your hurts and trust in his compassion. Maybe you're in a place today where God is calling you to remember his deep love for you and, and he wants you to follow him. And in compassion, he wants you to make a decision to say, Jesus, you are the guide of my life. Your rod and staff, they comfort me as I follow you. Once you decide today that you'll follow him, let's pray together and just thank God that he is the shepherd with a rod and staff that comforts us and leads us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you care for us so deeply, that you have such an incredible love for us, we thank you, God, that, that we can trust you. Trust you enough to come to you with our hurts. God, some of us have hurts we just need to trust you with. Some of us have hurts we've been carrying way too long. And so, God, we give those hurts to you right now. We ask you to bring healing to those hurts. And we ask you to guide us. Guide us along the path to move beyond the hurt. And God, we, we ask that in your compassion, 
you would lead us to your best in our life. It's so good to know we have this shepherd who guides and protects. And God, we just pray that we would know you more and more as our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining me for today's teaching time. It's been a, a pleasure to be with you. And I just want to encourage you, maybe today your next step is to think of, of the hurts that you need to give to him. and Or your next step is to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, my God. I want to encourage you to take those next steps today. And, and just decide that this week would be a week where you follow your God. Well, I want to say thank you for joining us, and I want to encourage you. We're going to declare it's been a great day together together in just a moment. And I want to invite you to join me next week as we continue this series, talking about what my protector means to me. All right, you ready? One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.